Hey guys, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, big thanks to all of you guys who have been listening for, for 41 weeks. This is number 41, far out. Uh, listening for 40 weeks or so, uh, it's been really cool to kind of set the goal of hitting a podcast a week for a year and then having a look and realizing that we're 41 weeks in. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, one step at a time. It feels like only yesterday I was scared shitless to sit down and record me talking rubbish for 10 minutes, but here we are, 41 episodes later. Uh, today, I sat down with the great man, Mark Simpson. Uh, some of you guys might know Mark as one of the directors at Pace Health Management. Um, we had a really, really cool discussion and about exercise, about training, about life, about business, about growth, uh, about kind of personal development and being introspective and actually looking at what you're good at and what you're not and what you need to improve on. Uh, Mark's been someone who I've looked up to over the last five or so years since I did my some of my placement at Pace and he is a great man and a very good friend and I really, really enjoyed this conversation. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Mark Simpson. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. It's good to finally have you on. Yeah. Been pulling hair to get you on for the last, <laughs> last six months. What made you finally want to jump in? I think I finally have some free time and I'm um, <laughs> happy to have a discussion all things exercise, training, life and see where we end up. Good. Looking forward to it. Yeah. First question for you. What gets you out of bed in the morning? What gets me out of bed in the morning? Um, desire to make a positive impact in the community and people I work with so um, I think my passion is around helping people and showing them that there's a there's a better way in terms of movement exercise health rehabilitation so um, I think I'm resonating more and more with with that quote win the morning win the day so for me every day six till 12 is basically booked out consulting so that's for me winning the morning is getting up and just spending good quality time with good quality people and making sure I have a positive impact in that space. Perfect. Do you have a, a like a routine before you get to work at 6am? I have a routine the night before. Yeah. So the night before I leave work knowing exactly what I'm doing the next day, Yeah. which would include, you know, session plans, but also just what I want to get out for that person for that hour or that half an hour. Yeah. And then if I have downtime, so if I do have a cancel, etc., I'll know what I'm doing in that hour, which will link back to business plans or link back to the, the impact we're trying to make in the, the community. So Ideally, six or twelve is my most effective time of the day, yeah. and I normally find if I was, you know, if that goes well, then it leads into a yeah. quality afternoon and a quality evening. Good, I like that because the way you do one thing is the way you do everything, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> how good? Yeah, spot on. <laughs> so, for the people that don't know you, what do you do? How do you help people? What's your vehicle for doing that? Yeah, so my, my background is I'm an exercise physiologist. So we do, I suppose, similar to what you do at Virtus in that we exist to. You know, foster behaviour change and help people people live 
a healthier, better life. Yeah. We just service it in a slightly different market to what you guys do. So yeah. we, we're really specializing in chronic disease management, chronic pain. Um, we spend most of our time with, with people sort of over 40. Um, so health, rehab and performance would be our, our markets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we like to show people that there's a better way and, and show them how to you know, feel better, move better, live better. Good. Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you stole that off Grey Cook. Which yeah. I also stole off Grey Cook, so play on. It's a great, it's it's okay. a great line, yeah. <laughs> it's something similar. How did you get into X-Fizz? Because I guess it's something that a lot of, like the gen pop, don't necessarily yeah. know the difference between, say, an X-Fizz, a coach, a, yeah. a personal trainer, a um, yeah. physio, whatever. Yeah. How would you get into it? So it's an industry which is only about 15 years old. So I think, um, you know, going through high school, it wasn't something that career counsellors, et cetera, were bringing up. Uh, I initially wanted to go into business, so all yeah. my, my placement students and staff work experience at high school was, you know, going out to continuous imp- improvement groups up in the city, and, and that was where my head was at. Yeah. I did um, PE in year 11, and, and there was one class where we did a, um, and I wasn't an athlete or anything growing up, but we did this one 400 meter test, Yeah. and I beat all the athletes in the class, right? So, yeah. so ran and, and put distance into them, Good. and then the PE coach or teacher or whatever, she's like, you've got to come and and run and run track and I was like yeah this will be fun so I went and ran track and one district went to zone got really into it and then that sort of led into really enjoying PE learning more about systems of the body etc finished school and then was sort of keen to keep exploring down down the sporting world and that led me into to surf lifesaving and triathlon and open water swimming and some endurance type sport and then I didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I went and studied sports science, which was you know, sort of the, yeah, the arts course for kids that like sport and don't know what they want to do. Perfect. And then, um, yeah, just did wanted to start in the industry as soon as possible, so I yep. did a, a cert for in fitness and went and did some placement with um, Pace Health Management and sort of really liked the, the vibe those guys had and, and what they were doing in terms of the messages they were delivering around... Um, I suppose physical activity creating energy, which is what pace is all about. Yeah. And then, and there, you know, our whole vibe now is that um, we exercise for health as opposed to exercising for fitness. So it's about you know people that might not necessarily be um, high performers or you know align themselves as as physical act, active people, yeah. but they want to improve their health or they want to feel better or they want to decrease their aches and pain. So that really resonated with me and then I think that sort of put me on the path to um, obviously finish my undergrad in exercise science, started working with the PACE group, then went on for further studies in, I thought I wanted to go down the performance world, so I did some some strength and conditioning postgraduate studies as, at um, Edith Cohen and then went on to learn more about rehabilitation and chronic disease management with, with a postgrad also at Australian Catholic Uni and then, yeah, bounced around in private practice for a while, still in the PACE group. Um, across all things chronic disease management, um, return to work, occupational health. We do capacity profiling, pre-employment screening. And yeah, just sort of found my passion in, in that space. And now that's, that's where I live. We've, um, you know, the business has grown and, and the role and the opportunity has grown in that also. But yeah. yeah, it always comes back to just helping the, the person that doesn't realize how they can improve their life with, with physical activity without it being a, you know, a big exercise thing, but just the, the little tips and tricks and how they can work it into... Yeah, living a healthier, happier life. That's cool. That's a that's a really quick way to go through that huge story. Yeah, awesome. I like it. And that was that's ten years. That's ten yeah. years from going from high school to you know been practicing now for twelve years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really I think organic sort of progression in that you know. Just cool. Right? I was in the sport. Yeah, it was great because I was like I, I don't identify myself as a 
a sporty kid yep. but then went on to do Ironman triathlon and found all these other things that I sort of enjoyed and got up to before know. that uh, that time when you did that 400 yeah. you, did you play any sport or was it just kind of yeah I did I did soccer and basketball and swimming yep. and tennis so but, not, but yeah but I was never you know never a jock I never like a captain of the football team or anything I just yep. had a I suppose a healthy enjoyment for being active but didn't align myself as being an athlete yeah awesome <laughs> So the wanting to go from business like into business to yeah. wanting to go into exercise science, you've obviously yeah. now joined the two yeah. running the Pace and Mount Martha clinics. Yeah. What's what's been the the biggest challenge of trying to be a practitioner and trying to be a business owner at the same time? Yeah, good question. Um, and you can probably answer this as well <laughs> as I can with the same challenges that you face yeah. every day. Yeah. I think the biggest challenges are always around clarity of focus. So when we have a really clear vision of what we're trying to achieve as a group, as an individual, with a specific client, with a specific, um, you know, team member, then, then we can put plans in place to do it. Anytime we have challenges, it's normally when there's, when there's a communication breakdown. So, um, if, if guys and girls on my team don't know where we're headed or if we don't know where we're headed or if we're just sort of showing up, then, you know, that's when we're going to have problems. Yeah. And there's no pre-planning. You're not actually thinking about it. You're not doing your planning the night before as to what your day's going to look like. That's right. Yeah. So, so if we live in a reactive space, then, you know, what we end up doing is being reactive to the problems we face, where if we have a, a nice clear vision of what we want to do in regards to the communities we service and the people we work with then you know that's where we put all of our effort and that's how we we build momentum i think any small business owner would probably agree that 90 percent of the problems are going to be people based (laughs) (laughs) i was just like he's going to say people yeah you're spot on you're spot on because i guess when you're dealing with like especially being in a people business orientated business like we are you're dealing with people that are coming in every day to, to get a service and they've yeah. got their own hopes and worries and dreams and yeah. and shit going on and then your yeah. staff are exactly the same. Yeah, that's right. And you've got to kind of somehow manage and deal with each of their wants and needs and get everyone on the same path and yeah. service the client at the same time. And then I think also be true to your wants and needs as well yeah. because it's pretty easy to put yourself at the back of the line. So you know, you'd find it with Virtus and that you, once you have that really clear vision, you know, getting the right people on the bus and in the right seat to borrow a cliche, yeah. you know, like that's, using the, boat that's the, the challenge. Moment, so close enough. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But when we do well with that, like yeah. we run faster and that's the whole point of having a good team yeah, and, and when the challenges can, pop up. Everyone chips in and, and follows it because they want to genuinely be a part of it. Yeah, that's, that's right. Thing. Yeah. But then, yeah, it's, What's been the, have you had kind of times where you've not looked after yourself and where you've not kind of put in the extra yards around friends and family and stuff like that? Yeah, 100%. And I know you use that analogy of filling your own bucket. And I think there's another analogy people talk about in, in entrepreneurship and leadership of the servant leader, where it's you exist as a leader to, to serve the people that follow you. Yeah. And I really like that analogy because I think yeah. it puts it, it puts a team first approach. So if you know this is what your guys want to succeed at, giving them the tools and giving them the strategies to make that happen. Yeah, I think there's a there's a huge difference between you know giving people those strategies and the tools and the outline of how they can achieve A, B, and C, mm. and actually doing it for them. Yeah, and I know that any time we have struggles or challenges or I'm overworked or overstressed is when. I look away from how to help people get there themselves and just start doing it. it for them. Yeah. yeah, so definitely any time. And it's a double-edged sword, right? Because as soon as you go into micromanaging and overworking and stressing, yeah. energy levels decrease, you lose clarity of vision, and then we go down that, that sort of rabbit hole where 
you know, coming back to, well, what's the goal that we're working towards? How do we empower people to do that? And then that gives you that time to, to look after yourself and follow your own wants and needs also. Yeah, I think that's incredibly important. That's something that I didn't understand yeah. at like any capacity, like for probably the first 12, 18 months of the business was just like, yeah. well, let's just do it all ourselves. Yeah. And then now it's like, well, you know, if I can do it all myself, I don't, I don't run a business, I have a job where I have to be there. Yeah, that's right. And if yeah. I can empower and educate my staff and the people around me to, yeah. to do those jobs, then yeah. they're going to be growing and improving and yeah. the business is going growing and improving. Yeah. And then I can focus on on what levers or the things we need to push and pull to get us moving in the direction we want to move in. Yeah, and then everyone wins, right? Yeah. Because then <laughs> because they're not growing as individuals, you're growing as a leader, you're growing as a business, and more importantly, you're making more impact in the community which you service. So, yeah. you know, when you come back to that vision of making a positive contribution and showing people how they can have a healthier and happier life, Definitely. if you don't have a healthy and happy life, then there's no way that you can show other people how to do it. Like, you yeah. wouldn't go to a mortgage, to a, a, you know, financial planner that's broke, would you? So, if you're not <laughs> Exactly. happy you can't you can't pass that message along yeah and if, and if you're going to someone that doesn't love exercise then you're probably not going to love exercise like that's right it's, it's going to rub off on yeah that self-fulfilling prophecy yeah, yeah exactly exactly what advice would you have for I guess young exercise science students young interns people yeah. that come to see you guys for placement which yeah. I did four five years ago I think your whole team has yeah well there you go yeah. Yeah. Well, we've all we had Lockie Jesse Simon yeah. Katie Mitch yeah, that's cool. Katie's coming back. Yeah, Katie's coming back. Yeah. yeah, which is which is really really cool to have like I guess a big crew that's developed from you guys. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. But mm-hmm. what advice would you have for the yeah for the exercise science students for the placement guys coming in and going? You yeah. know what? I don't really know what I want to do. Yeah, I, well, I think just appreciate how much you don't know and appreciate the fact that if you haven't tried something, you don't know if you do like it or don't like it. So yeah. no one knows what they want to do it. 21 and if you do you're an outlier yeah, yeah, you know exactly, like that's exactly. that's the exception not the rule yeah. so i think the only way to learn what it is you want to do is by trying things you know so um we do a lot of work in our roles in terms of trying to develop specialists but we also appreciate the fact that to be a specialist you need to spend three to five years being a generalist so yeah. we're really lucky in in our company that we have a really wide scope of exercise physiology so we can get people working with you know chronic disease management chronic pain return to work return to sport return to life type rehabilitation they can do job capacity profiling pre-employment screening etc etc as well as health and well-being you know mental health we're doing more and more stuff around um, disability at the moment we're doing stuff with cancer so the the simplest thing is just to jump into it right so you don't know if you like working with cancer patients if you've never done it where um i used to be massively into working with with metabolic type patients so that whole um you know fostering lifestyle and behavior change and making impact in that space like for probably three years i just loved that and i just wanted to do everything around diabetes management diabetes prevention worked in heaps with educators worked in heaps with dietitians yeah so that metabolic stuff like that was my thing and then i sort of sort of felt like I'd made an impact and I sort of felt like I'd, I'd progressed as much as I wanted to go and almost had to rebrand myself to then become more of a movement guy and now I'm really passionate about musculoskeletal and the thing I always talk about with people is like I feel like I exist to bridge the gap between traditional rehab and performance and I talk about performance as you know every like for Bill Bowman quote everybody everybody is an athlete we just have different events and I know you talk about that also so yeah. people don't really appreciate someone uses that I, someone I know uses that a lot and I'm trying to remember who yeah so we yeah, talk about with really like good like I know you guys with your Virtus Grip training you have your your session templates etc so you've got your main yeah. set etc I use that with my 80 year olds yeah you know and that's so cool. all that's different is like 
if you're doing a 150 kilo back squat, my 80 year old guy's got a 10 kilo weight and he's yeah. doing a sit to stand. Well, for as soon chair. as you understand those basic exercise progressions, it's, and the same, right? yeah, it's just smart programming. Yeah. Whether you've got someone with cancer or with diabetes yeah. or someone that's, you know, ready to train at the Olympics, like ready yeah. to compete at the Olympics, like it yeah. doesn't necessarily, the, the physiology doesn't necessarily change all that much. Yeah. And the, it's just the way you program and the yeah. way you tweak things. And, you know, whether it's like, you know, stuff that like CrossFit or whether it's yeah. endurance training or whether it's, you know, F45, whether it's strength training or yeah. plyometric stuff. 90% is the same. Yeah. It's yeah. all just, it's all just tools in a toolbox and yeah. you figure out, well, what's going to you know, work for yeah, that person. Exactly. What, re- what ingredients do I need for this recipe to help this person yeah. get here? And I think that's what, you know, you ask the question about for the, for the person just starting out in the career and doing inter- internships, etc. Like it's just learn as broadly as possible mm-hmm. and find the, find those, those, um, you know those templates or those training rules or those those tools in the toolbox which resonate with you and then you can apply because uh, like I know like I'm not a max strength guy so as yeah. a result my clients aren't max strength clients <laughs> yeah exactly but I'm self-aware enough to know that if someone needs max strength yeah then Mitch who works with us different Mitch to you guys yeah has the toolkit to be able to take that person there. So yeah. we have, you know, we have a professional motocross rider. We have a guy that, that um, competes at a national level with water skiing. Yeah. I'm not necessarily the best person that they should see in our group, but, you know, yeah. and that when, resonates when with a, Mitch. I guess a team that's multifaceted in the fact that they can all add different value to different clients. Like, yeah, that's right. Like I was just having a chat with one of our myos and like knowing that she would be better for some people than our other myo. Mm-hmm. And they'd both be able to help different people differently. So it's yeah. a matter of really understanding like for you as the uh, as the servant leader at the top like, yeah. or at the front, you're able to identify, well, you know what? You're not going to yeah. be better with me. You can be better with Mitch or, yeah. or whoever else. And then yeah. you can actually get the best outcome for the client, which is why we're all here. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, if you're... I, when I first started out in business, like I really saw my role as being a prop head. So I was like, I exist to be here 14 hours a day and I'm going to run as hard as I can. Yeah. I'm going to speak to as many people as I can and I'm going to get our message out to everyone. And it cooks you. <laughs> and it cooks you. And then you're useless. Yeah. Where now I'm like, I'm going to see 10 people today and yeah. I'm going to make sure that every one of those 10 people gets as much value as possible from seeing me. Yeah. And I'm going to spend some time on making sure that my team knows where they are at and, you know, being able to then impact more. And that's what this year is all about for us is having more positive impact and growing our message out across the broader community because yeah. I think it's that whole, um, you know, to cliche again, that quality over quantity. Cliches are cliches for a reason. Yeah, that's I'm right. I'm just writing that down now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, for the, for the intern and for the person starting out, you know, like appreciate the fact that even if you've done three years at uni or if you've done your master's and your postgrad, you're just getting started. And, you know, where we talk about 90% of the things are going to be the same and you and I will agree on 90% of things, yeah. it's those 10% which you need to learn for yourself and then be able to resonate the with your clients. 10% is all the stupid shit that people argue about on the internet. Yeah, the yeah, it is. Yeah. don't really matter at the end of the day. But, but also... If your 10% is different to 10, my 10%, one's not more right and one's not, not more wrong. Definitely. They're just differently suited to yeah. different groups. So, you know, like I know that you have your strengths and I have my strengths and they're different. So how we contribute is is quite different, but our underlying knowledge base is relatively similar. Mm. So I think for that person starting out, like it's just learn as broadly as you can. And we've had some of our interns have done internships with you yeah. and that's set them up really well because they come to us and they have this, this really nice appreciation of how they can structure a strength and conditioning session and what yeah. it looks like to work with someone that's apparently healthy. Yeah. And then we chuck them in the deep end and give them like a metabolic client or a rehab client. Yeah. It's like, what would you do here 
and some of them they're just like I've no idea (laughs) and it's like well you do because you already know how to you know help improve someone but you know we've just got a couple of contrary indications here you need to think about yeah and and all they've got to do is tweak tweak it slightly like that 10% and and they're you know on their way to coaching that person to be better that's right and I think you know the um you know, for every person, it, not even being industry specific, like like working on your interpersonal skills and working on your emotional intelligence yeah. and working on your resilience and working on being a lifelong learner. So, like I've been practicing for twelve years and I feel like I'm just getting started. <laughs> I've been I've it's, been it's, a business yeah, owner for seven started, years yeah. and I'm still asking like you know ten questions a day of how can I do this better and again feeling like you know everything up until now has been a warm-up in 2018 is when we're actually going to start executing. And, you know, I say that as it's been a warm-up, but we're we're definitely the biggest company in Victoria, if not Australia. Yeah. You know, we've had more impact in the industry than arguably any other exercise physiology company has had. We've won practice of the year two, maybe three years. We've won local business awards. Like, yeah. so... But even still, you know, like we're not sitting down and going like, yeah, we've done we're a good done, job. Yeah. We're like, okay, well, here's our lessons. Yeah. What can we do better? And that's where it's, you know, I suppose finding those people that can be around you in terms of who are your similar mindsets and, yeah. and talking about, you know, you are the five people around you. And then talking to people that, like, I love that. That's perfect yeah. saying. But then talking to people that don't necessarily agree with you. Like, mm. That's the best thing. Like my, one of my subjective goals for this year is just ask better questions. Yeah, just great goal. Learn how to ask better questions and yeah. figure out, well, and this helps a lot, like having these conversations because you're yeah. like, oh, fuck, I've got to ask questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do I go? And that's, like, even in the last, you know, month since I said it, it's mm. actually genuinely changing the way I yeah. interact with people because I'm actually, the things I'm interested about or yeah. I'm not sure about or yeah. people disagree, you ask about it. Yeah, that's and right. And you end up realizing, holy shit, we're not that much different. We actually agree on most of the same things. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, then you can move forward to actually get yourselves where you want to get yeah. to. Yeah, but, th- but there's always someone, regardless of what you're going through, there's always someone that's done it before and yeah. has found a solution. 100%. And so if you're facing a problem, and this is what I reckon all the interns and students and people getting started in the industry, it's like you're trying to work something out. The answer's already out there. Yeah, so you ask. can spend five weeks trying to work it out or you can have a group of network, like a strong network around you and you can know the answer in five minutes <laughs> and then you can start executing on yeah, that. Exactly. And then you're going to have to practice and practice and practice. But, you know that ask better questions awesome and then you know then execute and then be open enough to take that feedback yeah, and board. if it doesn't work if you fuck up awesome you yeah. can just figure out a way that what's the work. next question yeah. yeah we had a um, partners meeting yesterday and we had one of our goals was we want every client that comes through the door every patient that comes through the door to have the best allied health experience they've ever had full stop great goal that's our super stretch goal and so we were talking about like well who's actually man enough to ask someone was this the best allied health experience you've ever had and if they say no are you open enough to actually take that feedback on and then what would it take to make that your best allied health experience and then whatever they say are you then willing to run hard enough to actually put those things in place? Because so many people are, yeah, it was good. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's that, awesome. That makes yeah. me feel good. That makes me feel warm and yeah. fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, but if you don't ask that feedback, you never get it. Yeah. So, so if you, if you actually want feedback from your clients or the people you see, or you, you know, you just ask, right? Your staff, whatever, just yeah. ask like, yeah. I'm, and I think one of the big things for interns and people coming up and staff in general is yeah. just that. And people in general is just being able to reflect and be introspective and yeah. figure out, what what am I actually thinking? What do I believe? Yeah. Why do I think that? Why are these my biases? Yeah. And if they're wrong, like, and you might you'll figure out they're wrong through a range of different ways. But yeah. if they're wrong, like change them. And yeah. like No one likes to change, and no one likes to be questioned. But yeah. if your goal is to create the best exercise physiology practice in Australia and experience in the world, so it's not even that we're yeah. going like 
we don't necessarily want to be the best practice, best experience. but we want to have the best experience. Yeah. And that might mean we see 20 clients a week, or it might mean we see 2,000 clients a week. It yeah. doesn't matter as long as every single person goes, that was exactly what I wanted to come here for. Yeah, that's, you know? that's a really cool goal. Yeah, and, that's, and then that leads us into like our other goals are to do that. We want to have the best team in Australia. And if we achieve that, we'll have the best brand in Australia. You have the second best team. <laughs> second best, best brand. We'll talk. I'll allow, I'll allow <laughs> What about, speaking of team, what's, what's been the, I'm going to ask two, two part question. Yeah. What's been the, the type of stuff that you've just gone, yeah, I have to hire them or the ones that you've gone, I'm so thankful I've hired them. What, I guess, values and um, personality traits do they have over people that you haven't necessarily hired? Yeah, good question. So we, I'm going to backpedal one. We, <laughs> we, review, we review on performance, behavior, and attitude, yeah. and we rank those equally. So performance is obviously clinical knowledge and clinical skill. Yeah. We see that as being 30% of the equation. Behavior is how you execute on that and how you live and breathe, yeah, your, your values, your goals, your beliefs, you know, your wants, your needs, and desires. And then attitude is like... Do you show up, smile, and make a difference? You know, like a yeah, I know that's how I celebrate it. I love that so much. <laughs> like, are you actually engaging with people, and yeah. do you have a helpful and energetic attitude which matches our ethos? And if you don't, then yeah. it doesn't matter if you're the best clinician in the world; you're toxic. You know, so hundred percent. And that again comes back to self awareness. So mm-hmm. if we don't know who we are and what we stand for, then how can we expect our our team to replicate that? Yeah. Um, our, I think 90% of our recruitment has been placement. Yeah. So, yeah. which is just basically like a four to 12 week interview. Yeah. And we always just go on attitude, willingness to learn, you know, eagerness to grow. Yeah. Someone that just wants to be a part of the team and will just do whatever it takes to be a part of that team. Because yeah. the other stuff can come later. That's with right. With people like that. Yeah. And we know like... We know we can train people. We know that we can show them the skill set and we know that they can replicate it. And if someone's gone and studied at uni for three years, you know, like they know how to learn, they know how to execute. But if if they're not personable and if they don't want to be there, then it's a waste of time. So, um, yeah, I think as a result of that, like we get really positive feedback in terms of, you know, how um, how engaged our team is, you know, and, and just how willing they are to go into battle for their client yeah, and, and do awesome. whatever it takes to make a change. And then it's, you know, the, the service modality is almost irrelevant. So it doesn't matter if we're working with someone that's, you know, going through radiotherapy for prostate cancer. It doesn't matter if they've got fibromyalgia. It doesn't matter if they're an athlete trying to improve their performance. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know, once we have those interpersonal skills, the action plan's the same in that it's education, it's accountability, it's development of self-management strategies, and then it's just best practice exercise yeah. prescription. So we're showing this is the recipe to get it done, and then we're going to facilitate that change along the way with you. And that, you know, we talk with our interns that the exercise prescription's like 10% of the picture. You know, the rest is like, how do you build rapport with that client? How do you support them through the you know, I need to learn all the science, but... You know, you get people that learn all the science and don't actually know how to talk to someone. That's right, yeah. And when you go that client-centered approach and actually give a fuck about the people you're yeah. coaching or training or teaching, yeah. you're going to be there for whatever they need. And, that's right. And they're going to yeah. get to wherever they want to get to. And that's where, you know, coming back to that, if you're just starting out in the industry, like build your interpersonal skills, build your emotional intelligence, build that ability to connect with someone. Yeah. We had... This is like humble brag story. <laughs> Mate, go nuts. We had one lady, she was in her 60s. She had hip pain, which had been there for, for years. 
She'd seen other multiple modalities and it had just been short-term solutions. Yeah. We sat down, we went through a subjective assessment, we listened to her, found out, you know, sort of what her pain patterns were, et cetera, et cetera. Took her through some assessments, looked at how she moved. We're going through some stuff and we're like, all right, it's probably going to be like a six to 12 week rehab plan. We need to work on A, B and C. But at the same time, if you're doing half an hour rehab a day, what are you doing for the other 16 hours that you're awake, right? Yeah. And that's where we put 90% of our focus. We're like, this is the three or four exercises I want you to do this week. Yeah. But more importantly, when you're standing, and we pretty much just taught her how to stand in an athlete position, yeah. as in like, just want you to, we did a payoff press, command, and then we're like, ditch the band. Position, yeah. yeah, and we were like, you know, this is how you actually are meant to use your pelvis, and you're meant to have a bend in your knees and your hips. She came back six days later, and she was like, I'm pain-free. Yeah. And I was like, we taught you how to stand, and that's it. <laughs> and that all yeah. just came from the fact that we actually listened to, well, when do you get pain? You know, so I think that is like that just trumps everything, and so that's who we want on our team is the yeah. people that will actually stop, pause, and not work just go. With the oh, here's three sets of ten of this. Here's, that's you know, right. Here we're working up to heavy five of this. Like that's all that shit's null avoid if they yeah fuck up when they're not around, that's right. not not at the gym or sorry, not yeah when they're not at the gym. So mm. you know, like that 168 hour rule, which like yep. we use pretty much weekly just to get it through people's heads like yeah. if you train three hours a week you got 165 hours to Left. do something that's gonna yeah. take you backwards yeah and there's a really good um, YouTube video by Doc Mike Evans it's called 23 and a half hours and so it's all about you know what you do for 30 minutes of the day of exercise yeah. is the other 23 and a half what's happening in there David Dunstan who's a researcher for the Baker IDI Heart Institute so yeah. they're, they're sort of leading um, government research body for, for heart disease and, and metabolic conditions. Yeah. He did a research study and he took he took two groups of people. He got one group who were sedentary office workers, so they sat for more than 12 hours a day, and he got them to exercise for 30 minutes a day. And then he took another group that had, you know, let's say industry similar to us where they're yeah. moving throughout the day, no exercise. Yeah. And they found out that they had exactly the same risk profile for heart disease and stroke. And diabetes and metabolic conditions. So what we talk about is like, you know, if we exercise 30 minutes a day, we decrease risk of chronic disease by 50%. Yeah. But if you just move throughout the day, you've actually got the same risk factor. So when we work with people, you know, and the whole goal of exercise physiology is developing self-management, decreasing the the chronic disease burden, you know, helping people to live independently. So for us, like we're just obsessed with getting self-management outcomes more so than anything else. So a big part of what we do is look at, well, how can you actually incorporate this into your day? And, you know, we, we look at habits development, et cetera, around yeah. actually developing this lifestyle change because we know we get improvements from like a 10-minute walk done three times a day, yeah. similar to that of a 30-minute walk. But yeah. for someone that hasn't exercised in 10 years, which would be a really common scenario for us, like Literally, it sounds crazy, yeah. right? For probably it's, the people that are like, what do you yeah. mean? Like I haven't <laughs> exercised for five days and I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. But for people that are like, yeah, I haven't it's exercised since I was 20 think, yeah. and they're 50 and now they've got type 2 diabetes, increased waist girth, high blood pressure. They wonder why they've got knee pain. Mm. Well, you know, probably, probably <laughs> don't sign up for CrossFit, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Maybe just start with some car phrases. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. But then when you have that, like your, like your team is and like our team are working on is having that really good relationship with the client. You understand yep. that, you know, the 50-year-old who's, you know, been looking after his four kids for the last 20 years and yep. working 14-hour days is probably not going to be able to do the same thing as a 50-year-old that's, you know, yeah. riding every Saturday down Beach Road and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. you've got to be able to understand what's going on in like as coaches like yeah. I want to know every single thing about my clients yeah that's right because that's what makes the difference right yeah, yeah. exactly the, the client the coaches that don't have a and like 
I kind of struggle with the you don't want to have a personal relationship with your client thing. Like I remember them talking about that about yeah, that yeah, and yeah. Uni with it. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, well, if you don't, then how, how do you, you make? Help? How do you affect change? Yeah, how do you and actually, I, I yeah, think that's what's really hard in X fears for grads coming out is you got this, you know, this twenty-two-year-old kid yeah. that hasn't even seen life yet, and they have this person that's fifty and. <laughs> They're not lazy. They just put everyone else first. Yeah. So if you've got you know that fifty-year-old that's looked after his kids for the last thirty years, yeah. he's probably worked fifty hours a week, come home, done everything else, yeah. never made time for himself. Yeah, and then you're going, mate, you need to exercise yeah. more. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, well, how about we support this person, get on their page, show them ways that we can help them, yeah. and then improve quality of life as opposed to. Did you know that if you exercise, you decrease risk by fifty percent? And it's <laughs> yeah. like, mate, just stop reading textbooks and start talking to people. Oh, mate, that's exactly it. There was one quote in one of the books I just read um, that I'm trying to find now, and I'm trying to stall, but I can't find it. And it's basically around if others change, it's because they want to change, not because you want to change them. That's right. Yeah. And it's like like we we know that you know if the fifty year olds gonna feel better and yeah. be healthier and probably live longer if they move more. Yeah. If they don't actually want to change, then you know, they're not going to be able to change. So we need to give them the tools to do that. That's right. And that's and their role. With that being said, like if you go on to exercisesmedicine.org.au, yeah. there's a really good questionnaire in there around stages of change. Yeah, so cool. it goes through our pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance, and then our six unofficial stages, obviously relapse. Yeah. And this is... Um, you know, for, for preparation or for, for pre-contemplation, yeah. they're not even going to show up to the appointment, you know, <laughs> yeah. for, for pre-contemplation, contemplation, that's sort of like, well, you know, whatever advice you give me, I'm probably not really going to take on board. So yeah. there's a, there's a lot of tools we can do in motivational interviewing in developing discrepancy. So, you know, that internal dialogue of, or oh, maybe I do need to lose weight. Maybe I need to make a change there. There's, there's specific yeah. questions you can ask people to, to make that gap bigger but then that decision, it does need to be internal. It needs yeah. to be them going and asking for help because if we give them all the answers, they're meaningless. If they ask for them and they find them out themselves, then yeah. you know we're going to get more from someone wanting to move each day and simply putting their sneakers on yeah. than by giving them the best rehab program or the best exercise program 100%. in the world. 100%. And it's the same with all your interns and students and stuff. Like yeah. You get people in that just want to take off hours. That's right. They're not going to learn anything. No. You get people in that are just like, I just want to soak up everything. Yeah. It's like, awesome. I'm going to like put all my time and effort. And you can tell by the quality of their questions right mm. yeah yeah definitely second part of that two-part question from yeah. 15 minutes ago <laughs> which is more than okay with the staff you have now so yeah from the ones that you to recruit i guess the yeah. staff you have now what are the what are the few things that you wish they either that you know now that you wish they they would understand or what are the things that you wish they'd spend more time on to develop and to improve and to help their clients better Nothing. My team is perfect. <laughs> Good. Um, and it doesn't mean it has to be your team now, but all the staff you've had. Yeah, I, I place a disproportionate amount of focus on client management and client care. Yeah. So for me, you know, the experience and that ability to connect with people is if you do that well, everything flows from there. Yeah. And I, I think everyone can do that better regardless of where you're at. 100%. So, um, but with, with that being said, because I place so much focus on it, they place focus on it yeah. as well and they are naturally good at it and we do spend a lot of time upskilling in that area. Yeah, um, yeah I, have, I have no one specific thing. I, yeah. I think it's, it's just, you know, be a lifelong learner and I, th- yeah. like, I think I feel like, you know, I'm 31 now. I probably only just picked that up in the last year or so where I was big on 
maybe I phrased it different. Maybe I was big on development and achievement when now I'm big on learning. Yeah. And I think, I think being a lifelong learner is different to being a lifelong progressor because yeah. I think when it's about development and achievement, it's extrinsic. So if I do A, B and C, I'll get this yeah, where if, learn, if I'm learning, it's for me. Be yeah. yeah. And that's, we've changed our wording around our goals this year in, it's about making a positive impact. It's about making contribution. Yeah. And to do that, you know, it's like who who's the person that we need to be to lead this team and yeah. to impact this community, which is different to to grow a business to 250 employees. Yeah. What, what do we need to sign up for? Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of businesses, like especially, I guess I talk to a lot of people like my own age or early 30s and yeah. stuff that are building businesses now that that's their focus Yeah. because, you know, it's not about, you know, just getting people to work for you and slave away for yeah, you that's right. like that because you want people to be following their hopes, dreams and passions as yeah. well and you want them to be, like to use the start with why thing, you, yeah. want, you want them to be following their why and working towards their yeah. why because that's what gives you the best outcome. And it's, yeah, and it's, it's changed dramatically the landscape in the last even 10 years where, you know, they talk about like find a minor grinder where it's like, you know, the finder is the old dude that's, that's put the business together. The <laughs> yep. finder is middle management. The grinder is the, the poor new grad doing 80 <laughs> hours a week. Yeah. When now, the so we do a lot of stuff in leadership. And, and one of the stats they presented to us was that at the moment, the average employment length is 2.7 years. Yeah, which is So it's not long, crazy, right? Yeah. So if we've, if we've had people on our team for, you know, almost double that, like we're actually doing amazingly well. Mm. But the reason people leave is the grass is greener. So yeah. what they do is they come onto this new job and they learn for six months, then they get to sort of apply it and then maybe there's a progression. And then what happens is when they get to that plateau, they look over the fence and go, if I did there, I'd get more money, more progression, make greater impact, yeah. you know, which is most of the time perceived. So yeah. Then they jump ship, go to the next thing. And as a result, um, you know, we sort of just end up hopping around. You, yeah, every fence you look over, the grass is greener. That's right, and the grass is greener where you water it most, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. And then, so then, when you're looking after your staff and your staff looking after each other, and you know, then it becomes this, I guess, symbiotic relationship where everyone wins. Yeah, that's like right. Everyone drives towards the one spot. Yeah, and I think with like Simon Senex obviously leading the charge in this space of Definitely. you know how to create engagement, and it's not. You know, it's not just a bigger business and be and stepping up the rungs of the ladder, but it's different challenges and different groups you're working with and creating impact, etc. So, you know, how do we how do we drive towards that yeah. that type of movement as opposed to just run harder, run faster, run longer? Because yeah, then everyone gets to the end of the week and you spend two days of sleep and then you get that's back right up and do yeah. it all over again. Yeah, and then you're not filling your own bucket, as they say. Hundred <laughs> percent. Good. Right, I want to talk about your. Your train, your training, a yeah. little bit. Obviously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little bit different. I'm gonna go from now backwards, right? Yeah, cool. How's your training changed as you've gotten more into business and more into being a practitioner and more into, I guess, leading your team? Okay, cool. Um, do you want me now or me yeah. as an athlete? Give, give me you now, and then we'll go back to the athlete. Yeah, cool. So me now is probably at work, fifty hours a week. Yeah, and then. At home, main hobbies are probably around renovations and, and <laughs> housework type stuff. Yeah. So I think I get a lot of incidental type activity. And then with history of a triathlete, I do like to still have a run, a bike, a swim. Yeah. But it's not a Monday bike, Tuesday run, which it used to be. Yeah. Now it's if I feel like going for a cycle, I'll cycle. If I feel like having a stretching session, I'll stretch. I like that. 
the majority of my stuff at the moment is incidental and then knowing that I probably need to have one to three times a week where I have a 30 to 60 minute session where I'm focused on something. But um, yeah, it's habit-based as opposed to structure-based. Yeah, I like that. How has that changed from back in the day when you were flying? Yeah. (laughs) So for me, I suppose I use movement now as a way to feel healthy, feel energetic, to then, you know, live a life of impact in the business world and also yep. live a life of intent in the personal space. Um, when I was training properly, was 15 to 25 hours of training plus body management, etc. Yeah. So in that time, I was working probably 30 hours a week and had um, management in at Mornington. So I sort of stepped away from the business for a couple of years to focus on, on sport. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, every bit of data gets logged on Strava, weekly reviews with a coach planned from, you know, my whole year in terms of the phases we were working on, um, you know, probably 250 to 300K a week on the bike, you know, swimming 12 to 15K, running 50 to 70K um, with, you know, like a three-hour run at four-minute 30K sort of thing. And then come out, I remember coming home from one run and, and got home and it was around 40K in like two hours, 59, 59 or something. <laughs> I come through the door. It was when we were living in Mentone, so the run was on the Melbourne Ironman course. Yeah. I come in and I'm like, I'm cooked. Like, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just cooked. Done. And I walk through the door and my partner, Calista, she's like, hey, you got to hang the washing out and then we're leaving in 45 <laughs> minutes to go to this family barbecue. And I was like... <laughs> okay like, what can I do I'm cooked yeah. and then we get to the barbecue and it was upstairs and I was like this is this is just not sustainable and I think that's every Ironman athlete goes through that they know they have a certain window of time where they can focus on working towards that goal yeah. and then it does become a, a selfish sport and you know it's that whole achievement versus impact mm. argument yeah I like that a lot how many Ironmans did you tick off I only did one so you only did one I yeah did more. No, so I did I did um so I did short course triathlon yeah. when I was young and did, did the national circuit and went to Worlds and yeah. all that sort of stuff and then um, got into adventure racing for one or two races awesome. and then had a break for like three or four years and then went back and watched some friends doing Melbourne Ironman the year it was at Frankston yeah. and I remember seeing guys that I used to race against and so when I did short course like um, would normally podium or at national events sort of go top 10 to top 15 yeah. and seeing guys doing really well that I knew I'd been ahead <laughs> of in the past yeah. and just thinking like well they you know if they, yeah that's up. right I was like if they can do that I can I can probably do that yeah. and then so spent 12 months getting ready for Melbourne Ironman um, did my first marathon in there did a couple of half Ironmans yeah. um, had a really successful year picked up a few sponsors and stuff and then and then did Ironman came 10th in the Ironman awesome. missed Kona by 14 minutes oh. um, so sort of attribute 10 minutes to that of some issues on the bike so then sort of left there with like okay well this this could be a thing that I'm, I'm good at and yada 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 yeah. and then spent um, I don't know a bit of time getting ready for was going to do Bustleton nine months later ended up sort of overtraining getting sick Took yeah. some time off, delayed that Ironman for three months to come back and try Melbourne again. Melbourne ended up getting cancelled. That was the year they had the clash with the Grand Prix. Yeah. And then so rescheduled to Bustleton the year later. So sort of had this, you know, trained for a bit, got sick, trained for a bit. That event got cancelled, yeah. lost a little bit of motivation. Came back, trained for sort of three months, couldn't, couldn't get back to that 
mindset of being able to commit 25 hours a week and then just sort yeah. of went like I, I want to be focusing on business I want to be making an impact in the community yeah. and I remember going like I'd work on a Thursday 6 till 10 I'd yeah. consult I'd have to be out the door by 10 past 10 I'd go and cycle for three hours run for one hour <laughs> and then have to be back consulting four to eight so That's I had a six hour gap to fit in four hours worth of training plus eight etc and I, I just yeah. remember going through that jumping on the bike and being like you know, these are all the ideas I had for the business and the, and the things I wanted to do. And then finishing my run and being, you know, training for four hours plus consulting for eight and then going like, how am I going to execute on these ideas? And it just, you know, got to the point yeah. where I was like, do I want to be an athlete or do I want to be focusing on a clinician and a business owner and, and that that sort of one out and that was sort of around the same time we bought our house and I was like, oh, I need to become an adult <laughs> yeah. now and <laughs> pay a mortgage and, yeah. you know, and now my weekends are mowing the lawns and painting the house and <laughs> all those things. All the fun stuff. All the fun how, stuff. How did you go making that decision? Was it, a, yeah, I know what I need to do or was it something you wrestled with for a little while? Um, oh, tough question. <laughs> I, think, I think it was a bit of an identity thing in terms of like, yeah. like, like I knew I had the potential to go sub nine for an Ironman. Yeah. And it was looking at to do that, you'd be on on the podium and you'd be going to Kona. Yeah. So all the data sort of suggested it could potentially get there if I, if I did the work. Yeah. And then it just sort of had that, that identity of this is what I want it to be just became further and further away from what my, my values and my beliefs and my needs, wants and desires were. And there just became this bit of discrepancy. And I just kept coming back to, well, what I want to be doing is developing teams, working with people. Like I play an educational role across the whole pace group. And that was the stuff that was getting me more and more excited as opposed to sitting on a bike for 200 Ks by myself on a Sunday <laughs> and then coming home and having a nap for two hours, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's a chapter in my life and it always will be, but you know, the decision was, fairly organic by the time it got there and yeah yeah I like that and like spoken to a couple of people who've gone through the same thing moving yeah. from different sports and yeah. I kind of went through a little bit with moving from VFL back to local footy yeah. which is like isn't kind of in the same ballpark but I definitely felt like I was like shit this is um, and I like the way you put that because I was like oh, I'm losing, losing a part of me in a way yeah. but I'm focusing that energy on something else yeah. I'm gaining another part but having that kind of chapter that cha- one chapter closes another door opens kind yeah. of thing I think that's a really, really good way of looking at it. That would probably be the one thing, coming back to your question earlier, that I'd like to have known when I was 18, of going, your life is not this one permanent thing. It's these multiple chapters where you have input and it because you're doing something now doesn't yeah. mean you can't do something later and I think when you're going through through school and through uni the question everyone asks is what do you want to do when you grow up yeah. and it's like <laughs> I don't know what I want to do on Sunday mate yeah, exactly. like, you know, where if we have well what are you focused on for the next 18 months to 3 years yeah. and especially when we look at you know if that's the average employment length that sort of tends to suggest that we can't really look past 2 and a half to 3 years yeah. so I think I wish back then I'd known, okay, well, this is what I'm going to focus on and that's what's going to make me happy. And then when I look back on that, I can be proud of that chapter as opposed to, you know, I need to get a house, I need to run a business, I need to be an athlete, I need to spend time with friends, yada, yada, yada. And we have this, you know, lack of clarity of vision. And as a result, we end up doing a lot of things at 70% as opposed to reaching it. And, you know, like looking back, I think. Like, you know that, like, like athlete's an easy one, but you know that athlete phase is going to end at some point because it has to. So you know that you need, like... All of those lessons you'll learn are not going to be worthless. They're going to be something you move into that next 
definitely. phase in your life. And definitely. That's, that's a really important one for people who are going, you know, I don't necessarily love my job. Yeah. I'm just going to float through. We'll like contribute, know. make impact, learn something, move on, transfer the skill set. Yeah. yeah. And I think as an athlete, you know, as in any sense of the word, whether it's, you know, someone doing their first triathlon or someone playing under 16s footy or whatever it is, anytime you're focused on that, there's a skill set in terms of the discipline, the planning, the execution of achieving that goal or achieving yeah. that thing which then of course is applicable to uni or business or relationship or whatever it may be. Mm. And I think the difference from doing something well to doing something exceptionally well is like, it's only a couple of things you need to lever on. And that's, you know, looking retrospectively going from a top 10 position to a podium finish. It's not that much extra work. It's maybe an extra bike session a week. So if you could have four hours a week for one year to look back and go, I was a podium Ironman versus I was a participant. Yeah. Of course you do it. It doesn't mean your whole life, you know, you might earn less money that year or whatever it may be. So I think that's an important message to learn. And then, yep. um, yeah, just that, that theory of impermanence. Yeah, I like that. I wrote a little, like a little post yesterday I haven't put up yet, but it was on from Ray Dalio's book, Principles, yep. which you're about to read. I think, yeah. Which is an amazing book. Super stoked. It's, um, it was, you can have virtually anything you want, but you can't yeah. have everything you want. So if you decide yeah. that you want to do that extra four hours a week, yeah. you can't earn as much money because you're not at work. Yeah, that's you right. You can't spend yeah. as much time with your family. Yeah. And there's certain times in our life where one of those answers is the right one and the other one's wrong. And yeah. then there's other time or wrong or the yeah. less, yeah, whatever. And there's other times when the other one's the right one. So it's just of about course. living where you're at now rather than going, yeah. well, you know, uh, past Mark wanted to be able to do that. Yeah. Current, like present mark doesn't. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, that's right. And, it, and it'll change again. You yeah. You know, like <laughs> looking forward, like hopefully one day I'll be a dad with kids. And then if I'm, you know, coaching soccer on a Sunday, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I probably won't be sitting on a bike for 200K at that point, but you exactly. know, it's different chapters. And that's the whole, um, I think Oprah Winfrey has that quote as well, just to put it up there with Ray Dalio. Yeah. Oh, you can Throw have it all, up, you just yeah. can't have it all at once. Yeah. You know, which yeah, is cool. which is perfect, right? Yeah. Like, so knowing, and I think that comes back to that self-awareness of, you know, like, well, what are the things that are going to make me happy and what are the things that I'm willing to suffer for? Because, you know, anything that's worthwhile having is not going to be easy. So, you know, if, you, if you're willing to suffer for it, then it's probably a good goal. If you're not, then it's, you probably don't want it enough. Yeah, definitely. Do you think... Or what are the things that you've, like, going from that chapter to the chapter you're in now, what are the things you learned from your, I guess, athlete chapter Mm -hmm. that you use daily now? I think the importance of clarity of vision, so knowing what you're working towards, which comes back to, you know, it starts with why. Yeah. I think having a plan which you can execute and then you therefore have the ability to, to measure that. So you can tell if you're being successful or not. Yeah. And I think the importance of a good team around you. Mm. So I think, so I heard Michael Klim speak last year and he, he was talking about he's in business with, yeah. with Milk and Co. And then he said like the, the similarities for him as an Olympic athlete was that he had a team of experts around him. Yeah. So if he wants to be successful in business, he needs to have a team of experts around him. Yeah. And then they also need to record everything and they need to have good data, which they can make decisions on, which, yeah. you know, if we're, if we're just guessing as we go and we're sort of not really sure what we're working towards, then we sort of, you know, 
decrease our chances of being successful. So, 100%. and I think then that skill set transfers to everything else. You know, like if you want to buy a house and you don't know how much you can borrow, and you're looking at million dollar properties, but you can only borrow <laughs> five hundred grand, yeah. then yeah. you're probably not going to be successful. Yeah. So probably talk to someone who's that's, probably that's their. Yeah, their bread and butter. That's what they do. That's right. Which is getting your team of experts, right? So you'd have your mortgage broker, you'd have your partner, you'd have a yeah. budget, which is your plan, and then you'd measure. You know, am I saving two hundred dollars a week towards my goal? And if yeah. you, if do you're not on track, do I need an extra eighty bucks a week to get? That's there? right. Have I got to work Saturdays? I've got to do some labouring for a mate. Whatever you know, whatever that thing is. And I think once once you once you're really self aware and once you're really clear on what it is that you're working towards, then the little distractions just become smaller and smaller because they don't really matter. Yeah. You know, where I think when we don't have something we're working towards it's like you know you just say yes to everything and you're just trying to sort of fill that void yeah yeah and then the procrastination sets in and, and you just float between eight different things rather than executing right. one and executing the next one and executing the next one yeah who have been the people that you've look up, looked up to over the last say 10-12 years who have been your mentors people that have helped you get to where you're at good question in a um, in a coaching sense Clinton Watson so he was very good and he is he's all about a simple life so he's he's very much about like what's the one or two things that you want to want to work towards and then just pushing into that um obviously my business partners in terms of in terms of mentors so um so ryan paul and ash gardner in the early days um so they sort of set me up for i suppose the vision of what we're working towards now and um yeah and then at a micro level and anyone that's I suppose had had something that I want to achieve and have achieved it. So um, I, I probably don't have that. You know, what's the one or two people that I continually look towards? Yeah. Where you know we were talking about before having that multiple conversations and those people change. So if I want to grow and change, like if I just speak to the same five people, then it's you know that's who I am. But if I want to sort of stretch and grow and develop, then finding that next person and yeah, that for, for me that's probably ever changing. And that like I'm a big believer in you know, spending time with people that are older than me, spending time with people that are younger than me. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's the cool thing about, I guess, Fake having answer. new, in- yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a good answer because like everyone around you, like I can't remember who it was, one of my mentors used to use the term, use the saying, um, everyone else's hindsight is your foresight. So, yeah, we, so, yeah. so you, like someone else fucks up, yeah. you don't have to fuck up as well. Yeah, like, that's right. You don't have yeah. to make the same mistake, but yeah. you learn from their mistake. And it's the whole thing we said before, right? With, Whatever problem you faced, someone's probably faced it before. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But when it's us, we catastrophize it, and yeah. you know, no one's ever torn a hamstring <laughs> before. And it's like, oh, look, it's yeah. probably probably not a bad injury to have because there's you know. Yes, yeah, there's a few people that know what they're doing. Data around it. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Right. All right, I've got a bunch of questions for you. Cool. They can be as short or long-winded answers as you want. Nice. First one: Have you had a defining moment? Have I had a defining moment? Yeah. Um, no. I think it's a series of defining moments which shapes who you are. Awesome. Yeah. What's your favorite fun fact? My favorite fun fact? Do you know all polar bears are left-handed and that's why in boxing the term Southpaw is a left-handed boxer? Did you just make that up? No, that it's, a, it's dead set. Yeah. Do you know that also polar bear's hair is hollow, which is why it's lightweight and it's also clear? There you go. Yeah. Why, why is, does they look white? Because it's like... Why do they look white? I think it's clear, and when you put lots of clear stuff together, it looks white. Oh, good. Google it. Good. What else do you know about polar bears? Because how long have you probably, got? <laughs> that's probably the most <laughs> quotes I've heard about polar bears. Uh, facts I've heard about polar bears ever. Did you say what's your what's your favorite fun fact about polar bears? Was that the question? Yeah, I think that's yeah. What yeah <laughs> what's your favorite animal? <laughs> good. If money wasn't an issue and you couldn't fail, what would you do with your life? 
it would continually change. It yeah. would probably start with travel. It would probably involve something around property. Yeah. And it would probably involve working with people either in a health-related role awesome. or in a mentoring role or in a like businessy coaching strategic yeah. type role although yeah, I don't right. have the skill set to do that yet so that would be my yeah, I think you'd add a lot of value that would be my super stretch goal would probably be the business when you know you coaching. have the skill set for something like that though when you have the results to back it up yeah. so when we're when we have clinics right up the east coast yeah. then, so, yeah, so you'll have, then we'll so talk you've got you've got things you need to tick off and then when that happens then you'll, you'll know you'll be ready and probably more importantly when people start asking you questions and you're organically adding value yeah yeah Good. Um, yeah but I think it would develop I don't I don't think I'd do one thing for the rest of my life. I think it would be a, a series of chapters. That's a good answer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be remembered in one sentence, what would it be? Do you want a cliche line? Yeah, sure. Give me a cliche one and then wing another one. Someone that made impact and lived with intent. Yeah. Although I'm not sure if that's true at the moment. I think it's something that needs to be continually worked on. Yeah. Real answer. <laughs> I probably don't care. I'd, <laughs> I'd be probably, dead. I'd be dead. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. If, yeah. I, if I'm being remembered, it means that I'm done. Good. <laughs> probably how I perceive myself more than other people perceive me is more important. Yeah. I like that. What's success to you? Do you know, I've listened to some of your podcasts yeah. and so I've, I knew some of these questions that were coming and I knew this was the one that was going to stump me. Um, to stay with the theme, it's making impact. So yeah. it's, it, it's helping people. Um, based on my skill set. And I think, you know, when we talk about contribution and, you know, how do you value add and how do you help people, I think at a micro level is like if I help one person today, then, you know, that's been a good day. So yeah. that's um, that that's success to me. I've got, you know, I have a healthy relationship and I have a, a good family and, and good friendships and a business which is successful enough to allow me to live the life I want to want, I want to want, I want to live. So, yeah. you know, for, for me, success at the moment is probably more... Um, being able to live with intent, being able to add more value, being able to have impact and contribution in the community I, I live in or yeah. service in. And then, um, you know, being able to explore the things I want to explore. So I'm sort of really excited to start looking into Buddhism this year as one of my goals is, you know, the whole, um, you know, whole dukkha of life is suffering and the, the theory of impermanence is at the moment that's exciting me, but in 12 yeah. months it'll probably change. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, have you read Man's Search for Meaning? No, but... It's all about insignificance and, yeah. and how important suffering is to, yeah. to I guess, humans and life and yeah. that kind of stuff. Very interesting. What are you most proud of? Tough question. Yeah. I think I'm naturally an introvert, so I'm not, I don't put my achievements out there. Well, um, start patting yourself on the back. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> Probably my ability to show up. I think 90% is showing up. So in terms of, you know, anything I've ever done in sport and, you know, like I went top 10 in the Ironman for age group. I've done a sub three marathon. I've done a 117 half. I've had some sporting achievements. Like I won the age group bloody big swim, which is an 11K marathon swim. Like I've had some things in sport, which I'm proud of. Yeah. I've, I've good good friends and relationships around me, which I think is important because I think that speaks to your own character. Um, but yeah, I think I think my ability to show up and, you know, when, when times are tough in business, which anyone that has small businesses, it's not always easy. Um, you know, like I've been there for 12 years now, which is, you know, four or five times the average. So, yeah. Um, probably the relationships and the, the reputation I have in, in that space is 
what I'm proud of, but also where I feel my greatest potential lies in terms of, like I said before, I feel like I'm just getting started. I feel like I can make more impact. I feel like I can, um, you know, upskill and develop more people. I feel like we can help more people. So, you know, ask me in 12 months and I'll I'll see where we're at. I like that a lot. (laughs) On the flip side to that question, what are you most ashamed of? I think, I think everyone feels they should do more. So I don't want to say, you know, our business should be bigger or I should have, you know, gone to Kona. And that, yeah. that probably is a regret is that I didn't qualify for Hawaii. But, it, you know, again, it's that was the choice I made. So that's ultimately on me. Yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't tend to look back at things either. You know, if I'd be ashamed if I'm not living presently. You know? Good. So anytime I'm micromanaging and stressed is that's a bad mark. <laughs> this is kind of, kind of a two-part question if you wanted to be what's if you could travel anywhere in the world right now where would it be mm-hmm. second part of the question is it a trip you've already done oh good it wouldn't be a trip I've already done because yeah. I think until you've been everywhere I'm not real big on going back to places because yeah. you don't know what you don't know yeah um there's a Mark Twain quote where like if you don't travel it's like only reading one page of a book I love that quote yeah it's a good one right yeah. um I've been to South America, but I'd probably go to the spots I hadn't been yeah. would be next. What's yeah. the best part of South America? Machu Picchu. Awesome. Yeah. That, that Inca Trail School. I'll be there in like a month. Yeah, nice. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Awesome. Um, I forgot to look at the next question. <laughs> um, if you could invite three people to dinner, yeah. dead or alive, who would yeah. they be and why? No answer because it'll change every week. All right, right now. Right if now. we to have dinner tonight, who would it be? Do you know who I'd invite? I'd invite myself. <laughs> You're already going, mate. No, no. I'd, oh, yeah. I see where this is going. Good. I'd invite myself. Well, obviously, I'd be there. But three other people and view myself through other people's eyes. Ooh. Because I think self-awareness is such an important skill set in the modern world. And I think yeah. it's almost like, what's the color red? So you can ask someone, are you self-aware? And they're like, mate, I'm the most self-aware person. You know, like I'm the most humble person you've ever met. I'm super modest, yada, yada. But I think until you have a different perspective, how do you know if you are self-aware? How do you know if you are? Like, I like to think I'm energetic and driven. Yeah. But if it's you versus me, you might be more energetic and yeah. driven than I am. It's relative, right? Yeah. So I think, yeah, maybe maybe three people that I respect and see myself through their eyes. That's a great answer. Thank you. That might be the best answer I've ever had to that question. Really? from you. Four. That puts a bit of pressure on this next question. <laughs> This, I, want, I want you to be like really succinct with this, this answer because this is something that like I can't remember who it was we talked about for like 25 minutes but mm-hmm. if you could go back to school yep. knowing what you know now and add three to five subjects to the curriculum what would they be? Three to five subjects Yeah The first one would be personal development Yeah So it would be teaching teaching kids emotional intelligence resilience self-awareness Yeah the second would be to stay on topic, something around Buddhism. Yeah. So it would be about the theory of impermanence. So knowing that you're going to have chapters in your life. Yeah. Knowing that it's better to fail and course correct, because I think so many of us make a decision and think that it's permanent. Yeah. So going, you you can make a mistake here and it's not going to affect the rest of your life. It's never, you know, like that. And then once you know you have chapters, then how to, you know, actually get the most out of that time. Yeah. 
um, looking at, you know, the whole life is suffering, suffering is life, which is not a pessimistic view, but it's um, just read a book, Saltwater Buddha. Um, it's by Jamal Yogis and he compares life to surfing. So he says, if you want to be a great surfer, like you've got to enjoy paddling and you've got to enjoy the suck, right? Yeah. So if we think of life as surfing and life as suffering, like 10% of surfing is catching the wave. The rest is, you know, yeah. like paddling out, learning about tides, watching swells, checking wind reports, etc. So, you know, if you don't enjoy that stuff, you're probably not going to be a great surfer. Yeah. Um, what else around that? like an operating manual for your body, you know, yeah, so, yeah, so nutrition, exercise, stress management, just knowing like what are the, cause everyone, everyone thinks health is hard, but it's actually really easy. And that's the whole, if you want to change your life, you've got to change your diary. So knowing how do we actually structure a couple of really powerful habits. Are you writing that quote down? Right now, yeah. <laughs> you know, so what's our biggest bang for our buck in terms of if I've got 10 minutes, is it, is it meditation? Is it, you know, meal planning? Is it hydration? Is it, I'm just going to go outdoors for a walk, whatever that thing may be, yeah. but appreciating that health is actually not that hard and giving, giving, kids the tools they need to do that and then that can go wherever they want they can put that in performance they can put that in disease management they can put that in rehab those, those are really nice subjects it? what change your life change your diary yeah it's not oh, yeah. I don't know no, who, I don't know who the quote is, quote is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's based on the whole you know we can't manage time we can only manage tasks mm-hmm. and the you know don't prioritize your schedule schedule your priorities you know so if we know that i need to do half an hour of exercise to just be a healthy individual not a fit individual but just healthy well like you better put that in you know because if it's i don't know like jocko willink he talks about 5am no one's in competition for your time but if you're not a a 5am person 12 p.m. and just let people know that 12 to 12 30 that's a non-negotiable that's your time and then that links into business as well of there's a lot of entrepreneurs I'll talk about like 6am to 12pm I'm working that's when I'm most productive you better not contact me in that time because that's when I'm trying to make change and make things happen and then from 12 to 6 that's when we can work on projects together but you know in terms of you know where you have greatest impact and where you have greatest clarity of focus comes back to that self-awareness is you know that's when you don't want people coming in and there's um there's cal newport he talks about um deep focus or deep work and he talks with like little micro glances are killing us so you know to to get into a level of deep work or deep focus like takes time and it's that thing that you work on for you know two to four hours without a distraction because you love it and it's your passion but the little checks of your phone or checks of Facebook, yeah. it's like, it's not the 60 seconds you lose. It's the five minutes after the micro glance where your brain's then get catching up. It, yeah. yeah. Um, that's where you get super tired because your brain's having to kind of recalibrate every time. That's right. Something else. Yeah. So I think the more people that, that know that from a young age in terms of like what the actual, you know, operating manual is, the, yeah. the better. Yeah. Awesome. That wasn't that succinct. No, no. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I have to say it because it's like, yeah. I, I, I could have a podcast on it. Like I think yeah. it's a really interesting thing is to, you know, when you're 20s and 30s, what, what you wish you were taught at school. Yeah. Or like for me, I was, I can't remember why I was having a conversation, but it was around like, well, when I have kids, yeah. like I don't want them to do learn the same shit I learned at school. Yeah, right. Because it's wrong, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want them to learn basically everything you just said, yeah. how to move. You know how to be nice to other people, how yeah. to have gratitude, and yeah. 
have perspective and understand all that stuff from it. And yes, they can learn it at home, but when, when yeah. they're spending, you know, 40 hours a week at school or whatever it is. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I hope, I hope school, the school system is different by the time that mm-hmm. happens in a, that's a long time away. I've got yeah. one more subject for you. Yeah, go. Communication. Yeah, good. Yeah. So how to, how to have personality styles, leadership styles, communication styles. Yeah. And this is going to be my last sentence, but how to keep it succinct. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a mantra? At the moment, win the morning, win the day. But it changes. Yeah. It always changes. Every week to month, it changes. Yeah, yeah. I like that. All right, a bunch of favorites to finish off. Yeah. Favorite book? I'm not a permanence guy, so it changes. Yeah. Um, most recent book was Saltwater Buddha. Yeah. Good. And I'm reading yeah. um, what's called Tribal Mentors at the moment, which I'm enjoying. Yeah. Oh, it's a good book. And I'm to looking forward to jump. principles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Game changer. Um, it's a good book to jump in and out of. Mm. Favorite music or recording artist? No, doesn't. No, not Nothing. one. Not one standout. There you go. Yeah. Favorite podcast. Favorite podcast. Um, the Virtus podcast. Stop it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like um, for. Uh, I like the Gary V show yeah. because I have a short attention span and I short episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very valuable. Like even I don't listen to it all that often, but I yeah. jump in every now and again. Yeah. And it's just. Yeah. Yes. It brings yes, me back yes, to what's yes, important, yes. which yeah. is vision and execution. Definitely. Favorite movie. <sighs> Got a couple. I yeah. like Blow with Johnny Depp. Good. I like Warrior with Sam Worthington. Yeah. There's a couple more. Let's go with those two though. Favorite way to spend a Sunday afternoon? Sunday afternoon. It would be something at home and it would be around friends or at the moment doing stuff on the house. But again, Little working on impermanence, yeah. you know, so we did, a, was at a course a couple of weekends ago and it was what's your perfect day? Yeah. And I had like five perfect days. Yeah. I was like, I'm not, I'm not prepared to only answer one thing. So oh, I yeah. Like it, it, yeah. Favorite dad joke. Favorite dad joke. <laughs> so there's a guy walking down the street yeah. and he's got two pineapples in his ears and someone goes up to him and goes, Hey mate, you got two pineapples in your ears. He goes, mate, I can't hear. I got pineapples in my ears. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> to bring it back to some sort of seriousness. Last one. Favorite quote. Favorite quote. Can it be win the... Actually, no. I'll give Thank you a different one. Um, Dhaka, which means life is suffering in Buddhism. Good. Yeah. I like a lot. Any more for any more? Anything yeah. else you'd like to add? How can, how can people get around Pace and get around you? And So we're just launching a new social media campaign. Awesome. It's going to start in about a month, which might be now when the podcast is being yeah, aired potentially. Be, yeah, So um, at PaceHM for, for all the socials. Um, so it's going to be on Facebook and Instagram. And the whole goal is that we're building a, a digital community, a place where people can go to get the right advice for the right condition from the right exercise professional. So, um, you know, we're, we're not a fitspo. We're all about, you know, how do we show people how they can live a healthier, happier life by, you know, moving more, moving better, moving what's right for them, which I think is is a double-edged sword in that it's less than people think, but they also underestimate how strong you actually need to be to live in this modern world. Yeah. So, you know, so much of postural aches and pains is a result of movement dysfunction, and I think people neglect what they need to do for basic maintenance, but once they know that operating system, it's easier than they, than they realise. Yeah, I like that a lot. Good from you. So that's what we're going to be trying to push out on the socials. It's exciting. Um, yeah. It's all happening. Mate, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me.